Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your very busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to off-season stuff, summer league stuff. Appreciate you being here with me today. A few things to react to. Not going to spend a a ton of time uh, doing it because I don't think we should be overreacting or underreacting one way or the other when it comes to NBA Summer League. We'll get to that in just a second. First, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP. In the last uh, ah, 24 hours or so from the time I'm recording this on Thursday morning, just got done uh, knocking out the morning show uh, with Mark Schlereth here on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Uh, Within the past 24 hours or so, KCP agreeing to a two-year, $30 million extension. All right. I think it was Woj who had it first, but the deal uh, which starts uh, with the 2023-24 season includes a player option. That's according to Rich Paul of Clutch Sports. Uh, KCP had been entering the final year of that contract, of his contract, um, which will pay him uh, right around $14 bucks. The guaranteed money in the deal will push KCP's career earnings, believe it or not, right now, guys, to $120 million. Wow, I just I found that so noteworthy because KCP is a good basketball player, but he's not a great basketball player. He's not a top three player on a team that's trying to win, uh, but he just is playing in the right era, man. He's just playing in the right era. You know, I, I feel bad, um, and I mean this legitimately. You know, when we talk about you know even even NFL, and I shouldn't I shouldn't feel bad. That's probably the wrong way to put it. But, like, the guys who are playing in the modern era of sports, particularly in the NBA and the NFL, it's just ridiculous. Like, this this NBA money is just insane. Like, like think about this, if I can make a cross-sport analogy. Nathan McKinnon, who is probably a top, uh, I'm going to say universal eight player in the sport. He's like a top eight 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 guy in the National Hockey League. He's the straw that stirs the drink on a Stanley Cup team. He's been making like $6 million a year or, or, or something to that effect for like the past half of a decade. It, it's just insane. Like if you're the fourth option on an NBA team, chances are you're making more money than 22 of the NHL's 30 top players. Uh, like particular player on any team. So like and Will Barton's a good example. Like Will Barton this past year made like 16 million dollars. Uh, it's just I you're what was Will Barton the fourth or fifth option, right? Uh, Nathan McKinnon signed a 44 million dollar deal over 7 seasons. It's just it's just in crazy. It, it, it was just insane rather. Like 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 a big deal in the NHL because we're in the midst of NHL free agency. These guys will get like if you're a big time player, 
you're going to get like $10 million a year, something like that. Um, NBA, if you're, if you're making $10 million a year, you are probably not an NBA starter. It's just, it's just incredible. Uh, going down a rabbit hole here for no reason. But um, KCP signing an extension. He's going to be a part of uh, this group for the foreseeable future, at least for the next two years. And I think it's a big deal. Because as I previously stated on this Mile High Hoops podcast, in my opinion, and I don't think I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but this coming season, this fall, which will be here before you know it, I think you can reasonably forecast that the Denver Nuggets will have their best starting five of the Nikola Jokic era. I I believe that. With Jamal Murray, with KCP, with Michael Porter Jr., with Aaron Gordon, and with Nikola Jokic, and and not only is it, I, I believe, the best starting five that this group has put together, but when you look at the collective, it should be the best defensive group that this team has rolled out in the last half a decade. With the additions of KCP, upgrade defensively from Will Barton, Bruce Brown coming off the bench uh, is an upgrade defensively as well. So, you know, ultimately we got to wait and see what it looks like, but if you're, and again, I'm not even really, I don't think, using my imagination too much when you're talking about the MVP of the league with those four other guys. Again, I'm assuming good health, which could be a fool's errand considering everything that we've been through. Uh, but it should be a terrific, a terrific group. And when I'm just going to tell you right now, when that, when that number, when that over-under comes out, when that over-under for the Denver Nuggets comes out with the season win totals, I am going to hammer the over. And I, I'm suspecting it'll look something like, um, let me just try to guess and we can circle back uh, when, when the number does come out. I'll say the over-under total for Nuggets wins this season will be, oh, what, they won 48 this past year? I'll say, I'll say the projection is going to be, 50 and a half. That's what I think it'll be. I think it'll be 50 and a half. They won four. No, no, excuse me. I think it'll be 51 and a half. Be right there between 51 and 52. If you win 52 games, you're probably hosting a first round playoff series. And that should be a, a good uh, starting point um, for this season. Be in the top four. Uh, for example, the, the Dallas Mavericks won 52 games this past year. They were the four seed. Right, so if you can get if you can get to fifty two wins, you're probably going to be hosting a first round uh, series. Uh, we'll have some fun with that when the number does come out, and we'll circle back to it see how close or right or wrong uh, I was. Um, so gr- great, great move by uh, the Denver Nuggets signing KCP, and here's here's my favorite part of it. In addition to the defensive upgrade which KCP represents, is that KCP is a catch and shoot player. You know, it's almost becoming a lost art, just catching and shooting. You see less and less of it. It was There was more emphasis on it in the past where even guys like Jamal Murray, and I know we, we haven't seen Jamal in quite some time, but like when's the last time you saw Jamal Murray in a NBA game just catch and shoot it? You, you, you just rarely see it. And 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 if you have that skill set, like because Jamal like typically needs a little bit of a wind up and um, 
uh, a rhythm off the bounce. That's 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 his uh, preference. Um, KCP is a catch and shoot guy. All right, and so he's 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 kind of like your 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 prototype for you know a three and D uh, type of complement around uh, Jokic, Jamal, and MPJ. But when you look at the numbers, forty one percent from three on catch and shoot threes in the last two seasons. That is a terrific number that I think is really, really relevant for this group moving forward. Because and, and Michael Porter Jr. is a catch-and-shoot guy as well, but he also wants to play off the bounce. Um, and that's, I'm not saying KCP doesn't uh, because you will see him do that. You will see him put it down and try to go downhill. But that skill set of just catching the ball and shooting it to be over 40%, over a sample size of the last two years, guys, that ranks in the top 10 among the 59 players to attempt over 500 shots, to attempt 500 shots or more. This is according to ESPN Stats and Info. Among the players who have catch and shot 500 attempts in the last two years, there's only there's 59 league-wide, KCP's in the top 10. All right? He shot 45% on open three-pointers last season with the Washington Wizards. That ranked him in the top 10 among players with 150 attempts in that regard as well. A hat tip to, to ESPN Stats and Info on that too. So really, it just seems like a really good fit and a really nice initial move for Calvin Booth. All right, as we're, we're starting to understand who this person is, uh, as as an executive in that type of role with real decision making power, I really like this move. So we'll see how it all shakes out. This is a guy who should be a double digit scorer uh, for the Nuggets. He averages about between eleven and twelve for his career. Um, he should be right there uh, with the Nuggets. So really like the move. Really like the signing. Like the extension. Uh, it's not too much. I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect for both parties. Um, so we'll see how that ages moving forward. Uh, just a couple uh, quick thoughts on Summer League, and, and I'll start with this. Do not, I am cautioning you, do not overreact to Summer League. It is a fool's errand every single year. But I'm also not telling you to not pay attention to it and to not, not react to whatever um, reasonable measurement that you want to. Just don't overreact to it. Why? Because three out of every four players that you see are not going to play in the NBA. Period. Four out of every five players will never play in an NBA playoff game. It's just the facts. Okay? It's just the facts. So don't overreact to it. But often, like I say, with like when I'm talking about like the Broncos uh, um, per se uh, on my radio show here in Denver, um, when it's the preseason, it's like, yeah, we're not going to overreact to preseason games, but also it's the only sample that we have for whatever particular group and whatever particular year. So you just, you, you you take it for what it is. But every single year I see people go crazy over summer league and overreact to it. And I'm just, I just refuse to do that. I've, I've been doing this too long. I've been, been watching summer league for too long to, to, to put too much stock or to be buying or selling stock, you know, based on what you see uh, in, in, in that environment. Uh, but that being said, that being said, there is things that you can uh, glean uh, from uh, summer league, and and I'm just going to talk about a couple guys here. Um, I, 
I, in, the, in the last uh, Mile High Hoops podcast, um, I was very bullish on the pick of Christian Brown out of Kansas. And I said uh, in that episode, and it's still available, obviously, wherever you get your podcast, um, I said I am more bullish on this pick than just about every reaction I saw on social media. There's a lot of people who didn't like it. I am liking what I'm seeing from pr- a Christian Brown in a um, – from a uh, a forecast, uh, physicality-based type of measurement. And, and, and I, I specify that because Christian Brown just like hasn't shot the ball well. Um, in the most recent game against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, the guy went 1 for 10 from the field and 0 for 5 from 3. It's not great. But that was on the heels of going 4 for 18 and 0 for 8 from 3. That's freaking terrible. Now, it, the, it does deserve to be told that in Summer League game number one, and at the time of recording, there's been three of them now, Brown was the team's leading scorer with 18 points on eight for seven uh, teams shooting from the field. But within that game, he was one for seven from three. So Christian Brown has really struggled uh, from three-point range. These are his three games consecutively. Well, uh, for, j- just from three, if I'm just going to isolate him from beyond the perimeter. One for seven. 0 for 8 and 0 for 5. So that's uh, 0 for 13 plus. Uh, uh, so 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 what is he? He's 1 for 20 from 3. That is effing terrible. I mean, that is really, really, really bad. I need to see Christian Brown make some threes. All right. I believe that's going to happen. Um, he is a full-time professional basketball player. Now I am expecting his three-point shot to develop here over the years. And I say, you know, I specify full-time basketball player because um, Christian Brown was a, first of all, is a good freaking kid. Okay. He's a good kid. He comes from a good family. And I'm mentioning that because he went to class at Kansas. I know I, Oh, I don't go to class at Kansas or big time college hoops. Like he went to class. This is now his full time job. I'm expecting him to improve as a three point shooter the way he did uh, year over year at Kansas, improving from a thirty thirty four uh, percentage uh, three point shooter to up to a uh, thirty nine. That's a five uh, percentage point swing. That's significant. I'm expecting him to put the time in and make shots. But that said, I still need to see it. Like, I'm not just going to assume that you're going to make shots. You're one from 20 from three in summer league. That sucks. I mean, there's, there's no two ways to slice that. But I go back to what I initially said. From a physicality standpoint, in terms of an NBA fit, I'm liking some of the stuff that I've seen from Christian Brown. From an athleticism standpoint, um, I don't notice his short wingspan as much as I thought that I would. So very much a work in progress, okay? Again, I'm not going to overreact to summer league. One from 20 from three is concerning, uh, especially that was kind of on our radar coming in. Are you able to make you know NBA threes on a consistent basis? The jury's probably going to be out on that, guys, by the way, for two years. I mean, we need to you know get, get to a proper sample um, for Christian Brown at the NBA level. Early returns from three are not good, but they're just that. They're early returns. I'm not going to overreact to it. But from a physicality standpoint, defensively, forecasting, what it could look like when when you're actually keeping score for real and games matter. Um, I think Christian Brown's going to be just fine. 
I think he's actually going to be a fan favorite, to be totally honest with you. Uh, he plays hard as hell. I mean, and we talked about this in, in the reaction after the draft here on the Mile High podcast. Like, Christian Brown plays hard as hell. He sticks his nose into um, conflicting or, or uh, like, not afraid to rebound on both ends of the floor. This is a guy who will get on the floor. This is a guy that a lot of other opposing NBA teams are not going to like to play against because of his effort level. He's, he's your classic guy. I had a teammate, teammate like this in high school and in college. Uh, Rocco, you know, everyone hated Rocco from all these other teams, but all his teammates loved him. Uh, myself included. And I think Christian Brown, while not to the level of like a, um, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting his freaking name from Duke. Holy crap! Um, oh. <sighs> Always tripping people. Oh my God, <laughs> you 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 guys already know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, but he's not he's not a player. Um, I can't believe I can't remember this dude dude's name. Um, in the moment here, good great Grayson Allen. Jeez, uh, he's not like to th- that degree where he's like that salacious and you know towing the line. The, the, the Christian Brown just plays hard as hell, and he's gonna be um, he's gonna be very well liked in this town because of attributes like that. And uh, again, we talked about this on the podcast reacting to the draft, like. This guy gets a step on you, he's going to throw it on your head. You saw that in the first couple minutes of game number one against Minnesota uh, in Summer League of him going over the top in transition and just freaking flying around. He's got springs in his legs, and I think this town is going to love him. Uh, Peyton Watson, want to give a a tip of the cap to him for the way he performed against the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, just a couple days ago. Leading score for the Nuggets, 19 points, 8 of 12 shooting from the field. Again, not going to overreact to it, um, but by any degree, uh, because he, he really struggled the very next game when he was three for fourteen against the Clippers and one for five from three. But again, when you're like what I'm trying to to look at and 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 um, forecast fairly is like how do you look from a physicality standpoint, and what can I project this could look like at the next level. Um, being playing in NBA games on a regular basis, you're seeing the length on full display. You're seeing the athleticism on full display. I think it was a game against, um, was it Cleveland, I think, that he put the dude on a poster from a short uh, shovel pass from Colin Gillespie. And then you see him in transition. You know, the feed from Christian Brown and, you know, him taking off and Gillespie, you know, uh, on another occasion, you're seeing that blue chip, blue blood pedigree on display. And when I see that, it makes me temporarily forget about the three points a game at UCLA. Like, and, and, and you're betting on the pedigree with that pick in, uh, in the first round. It might take a year or two to watch it develop. And that's with all these guys, Comigate, you know, uh, Watson, um, Brown, I think to a lesser degree, you know, arms, like, uh, again, this is this is not going to be an add water and stir uh, a type of scenario. This is going to take some time, um, but for Watson to to go out there and have a game where you score 19 points in an NBA summer league on eight of 12 shooting, like and by the way, you you know yank down seven rebounds. It's almost a reminder, I think, to himself that this is where I'm supposed to be. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a process. We're going to have to be patient. 
But when you see stuff like that, you just put it in your back pocket. Like, okay, the, three years ago, when this kid, when you're projecting this kid's future, this is what this was supposed to look like. Now, he ended up going to a friggin' school that went to the Final Four the previous season and returned almost everyone. Not ideal just at, from a setup standpoint when you're expected to win and Mick Cronin's your coach. Like, there's not going to be a ton of leash or not the same leash that you thought you were going to have during the recruiting process anyway. Um, but uh, a nice little reminder of, okay, the measurement and the athleticism are sort of checking out. The rawness is what it is. It's front and center, plain as the nose on your face. You, but you knew that going in. But you sort of say, okay, I, 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 I get it. You know, Comigate, to a lesser degree, um, picked in the second round out of France. It's like, okay, w- what do you notice about Comigate first and foremost? It's just how big and long he is. And it translates onto an NBA floor. It, that that's the most recognizable thing. Forget what shots go in and don't go in. That that, that doesn't really matter right now. Um, but you're seeing you're seeing some of those fundamental um, attributes, the, the the tangibles, right? The things that you can measure. You're seeing it translate during some of these summer league games, and and it's encouraging. Um, last uh, last uh, thought here uh, before we sign off is I talked about him after the draft uh, very briefly, but. And this is actually rare that we got two of these guys in Christian Brown and the guy I'm about to mention where I have organically watched a ton, a ton of them in college. I'm not, I'm not like YouTube scouting. Like for years I have watched Christian Brown and Colin Gillespie. Okay. I've mentioned this on the podcast in previous years, but when I was 17 years old and I was a, a good high school basketball player, our team was amazing. All five, Starters at my high school went on to play college basketball, um, even six of us even. Um, but there was a um, there was a ball boy, okay, that was seven years old at the time, okay, and he worshipped us and he was just he loved us and we loved him. And his name was Joe, and that little ball boy grew up to be the New York State Player of the Year. Twice, winning a state championship, uh, twice. Uh, he goes Division One. He goes to the University of Albany. He becomes the Rookie of the Year. He becomes um, the Sixth Man of the Year. He becomes First Team All-Conference, and he becomes a grad transfer. And it was he, was, he became the first ever graduate cha- transfer in the history of Villanova basketball for Jay Wright. And that was uh, four years ago. And that was when Colin Gillespie came on the scene at Villanova and was vying for minutes as a freshman. So I became attached to the program. I actually had a chance to talk to Jay Wright during the recruiting process of little Joe Cremo, who became big, um, and talked to him for about you know 18 minutes on the phone, grew an affinity for the program. So I just, 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 just grew to love the program. I drove to see them in Omaha when they played Creighton uh, on the road, um, and I just followed Colin Gillespie's Career, along with a handful of other uh, Villanova players, Cole Swider, and you know a bunch of these other guys. So, I've seen a ton of Colin Gillespie. All right, Colin Gillespie does not have the size of an NBA player. All right, he does not have the athleticism of an NBA player. But there is something telling me that this guy is somehow, some way, going to will himself onto the Nuggets roster in the next two seasons. He is just that guy. He is a dog. 
and what he lacks in physical measurement, the tangibles, he makes up for with the intangibles. He always seems to play the right way. He is always under control. You will not see him like leave his feet to make a pass. He is going to come to a jump stop and be very measured with his basketball movements. He can knock down shots. Now, he's got to be able to do that uh, at, a, at a consistent level to, to stick around. He's got to be able to make threes or it's just not going to work out and he'll be you know, in China or Israel you know, playing professionally for the next 12 years. And there's no shame in that, by the way, uh, because that's physically who he profiles to be. But there's something about Colin Gillespie. And by the way, Christian Brown, you know, who won state championships, who won a national championship, was a big part of it. But so was Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie turned himself into from a guy that was scrapping for minutes on a title team to a guy that turned himself into the Big East player of the year. I mean, he just has a willpower to him. And there's something about winners. There's something, and you're hearing the early returns from, you know, Teams that Colin plays on in, like, pickup are going to win. So I just wonder if the eye of Calvin Booth and Michael Malone see that and say, okay, yeah, we know that some of these other guys are bigger, stronger, faster, but there's value in whatever that kid has that you can't really uh, have a firm and steady definition to, but it's sort of, you just know it when you see it. And there's something about that kid that I just absolutely love and believe in. And um, I'm kind of hoping that this is the case. So there is an element of that. So take maybe um, 25% of what I'm saying here with a grain of salt because I'm just a fan. I've met the kid. Um, But also my eyes and my acumen are telling me something about Gillespie uh, that he's got that that unique attribute to him. And I wanted to make sure uh, I mentioned that before we get out of here. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. Uh, However you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, I appreciate you. Please rate, please subscribe, please tell a friend. Uh, That's the way that this podcast gets its promotion, right? No, like that, that that's the way. So um, it's an organic grassroots. It's just me. I've been doing this for years now, but I wouldn't be doing it without you. And, And that's for damn sure. All right, we'll leave it there for now. Whatever happens next in the Nuggets Summer League, you know that we're going to be talking about it. And whatever comes next, signings, all this stuff, uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming back, Jamal Murray, we're going to be monitoring it very closely and talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.